No reservations needed at Woolworth's. The students seated themselves. They were dressed in their best clothes. They were polite and determined. No guesswork for the waitress. The young people knew the menu by heart. They ordered. No food came. So they sat in silence and waited and wanted a donut and coffee with cream on the side. The waitress reminded them, whites only. But those kids wouldn't budge. They didn't move. Until they were served, they refused. All they wanted was some food, a donut and coffee with cream on the side. To pass the time, the students read their school books. They wrote in their journals. They finished their homework. They didn't need to read the menu, so they studied for tomorrow's test. What had started in Greensboro spread faster than a grease fire. There were lunch counter protests in Hampton, Virginia, Nashville, Tennessee, Montgomery, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, and many other southern towns. If lunch counters could go from whites only to all welcome, if segregation could turn to integration, if black people and white people could break bread together, everyone would pass the test. Everybody would score high. A-plus with that coffee and cream on the side. But many folks were not motivated to make that grade. As the sit-ins grew, angry people gave the students a big dose of hatred, served up hot and heaping. Coffee poured down their backs, milkshakes flung in their faces, pepper thrown in their eyes, ketchup not on the fries, but dumped on their heads. They yelled at the students, We don't serve your kind. Go home. Goodbye. The students wanted to lash out, but couldn't. They wanted to strike back, but didn't. Sitting still was so hard. Practicing peace while others showed hatred was tougher than any school test. Now there were news cameras filming the sit-ins, and viewers at home watching it all on TV. The students were more determined than ever to show the world the true meaning of peace. So they sat, in silence, with hearts full of hope, with Dr. King's dream true and close. These were the words that kept them going. We must meet violence with non-violence. The students sat proud and still, and waited and wanted a donut and coffee with cream on the side. Soon the sit-ins grew bigger and wider. White students joined their black friends to protest the unfair treatment by restaurant owners who would not serve food to black patrons. They also opposed segregated libraries, buses, parks, and pools. With so many students gathered, people got scared there would be fighting. They were afraid of all those youngsters grouped together for a cause. Even though the students were committed to peace, the police now took action. They accused the students of loafing. They arrested them, 
They took them to jail. The students didn't resist. They didn't fight. Instead, they sang freedom songs to keep the peace. They held Dr. King's words steady and close. Demonstrate calm dignity. Soon folks were so busy arguing about who was right and who was wrong that they stopped going to Woolworths and other segregated places. Some shops were forced to integrate to keep their businesses alive. But the struggle was far from over. In April, an activist named Ella Baker organized a student leadership conference at Shaw University in North Carolina to help the young demonstrators. With Ella, the students formed the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC.